It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at LMFM.ie Monday morning, the 23rd of November. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reid on LMFM. After last week's immense pressure on the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee will hope to draw a line under the controversy over how the former Attorney General Seamus Wolfe was appointed to the Supreme Court by taking questions from the opposition in the Dáil this week. Minister McEntee is on the line. Good morning to you, Minister, and thanks as always for joining us on the programme today. Uh, before we talk about uh, the appointment of uh, Seamus Wolfe to the Supreme Court, let's talk uh, about new legislation that you'll bring to Cabinet tomorrow regarding revenge porn or sharing intimate images of another person on the internet without their consent. Laws against uh, this kind of behaviour are probably long overdue and this bill was actually first proposed two years ago by the Labour Party. Now you've been working with Brendan Howland on updating the bill. Tell us a little bit more if you will. You obviously see this as a, a very serious offence. Absolutely and, and I think you're right, this is something that should have been done a long time ago um, but we're doing it now and I think that's the most important thing. This is part of probably a series of, of different issues that are being dealt with by this government so while I'm bringing legislation this week it's called the Harassment and Harmful Communications Bill. Catherine Martin is also bringing legislation uh, around online safety and media regulations which obviously uh, go hand in hand with each other. There's obviously a huge body of work around consent that's also happening but as you've outlined Brendan Howland put forward two years two years ago uh, a piece of legislation this bill uh, to try and progress and, and since becoming minister this is something that I've prioritised, I had given him and, and others the commitment that it would be done by the end of the year. And given what's happened in the last week, people will be very conscious and, and very aware that there was a lot of images, uh, very intimate images of people that were without their consent put up online last week, or it only became aware last week that these images had been put up online. So what we're doing is bringing forward legislation that will do a number of things. Firstly, it will make it an offence where it hasn't been before now. If you distribute, if you publish, or even if you threaten to distribute or publish, so you you go to distribute or publish an intimate image of somebody without their consent. But what we've done is we've broken it down into two separate offences. So if you do this without their consent, where there is intent to cause harm, so you know that this is going to cause harm, you're doing it intentionally, you want to hurt somebody, um, there is a very, I suppose, people would see severe penalty, but I don't think so because I think this is such a severe offence. There is potentially an unlimited fine and or seven years in prison. 
secondly, what we're bringing forward is where you again distribute or, or publish or threaten to publish uh, an intimate image without somebody's consent, but without intent to harm. Um, and I think, unfortunately, what we've seen a lot of in the last few years and and even with younger people and people in school where images are shared and people might think it's funny or, it's, it, it, you know, it's a laugh and, and, you know, they don't see it as being harmful. But the, the, the harm that this can do to people, in particular to young people, um, really is immense. So there's a lesser fine where there isn't an intent to harm, but it's still a criminal offence. So you have a fine of a maximum €5,000 and then possibly up to 12 months in prison there's also a lot of talk and, and people will hear uh, about revenge porn. And I suppose there's a there's a different view as to whether that language should be used because revenge would obviously insinuate that the other person had done something wrong. But what we've seen more and more of is where people are in relationships. They're very happy. They, you know, there, there are pictures taken or images taken with consent at the time. However, when the relationship breaks down, when things go wrong, one of the other person who has the images then sends the images to somebody else. They do so to hurt uh, with the intention of hurting that other person. And what we're including in this legislation, and hopefully we'll include in this legislation with the approval of Cabinet, is that where the person has been in a relationship with the other one, it is an aggravating factor when the judge is taking into consideration for um, the sentencing itself. So there are a number of things that we're looking mm. at here. And, and uh, in all of these circumstances, Minister, are we talking about intimate images and is there a definition of what is intimate? Well, we're, we're talking about intimate images, so the, the legislation, without going into detail, is very clear as to what that means, what you're showing, what exactly is, is included in that. But it also takes into account altered images. I mean, we, we've seen how easily it is, particularly with the internet, to doctor an image, to put mm. somebody else's head on it, but it's a different person's body or different parts. And we're very clear that that's going to be an offence as well, that you can't do that. What's also very clear in this is that we leave out in the legislation the types of communication. So before, you know, you might have had it on print or certain types of media, but because social media is changing so rapidly because the different platforms are constantly uh, coming about and they're new, we have left it very silent in any specific medium. So it can be online, social media, print, leaflets, any types of communication. What's also important about this is it's not just um, it's not just pictures and intimate images, which uh, is obviously what we've been focused on in the last week or two because of what's happened. It's also in terms of harassment. So there currently is an offence of harassment which exists. It's under previous legislation from back in '97. However, we're going to broaden the scope of that where there is persistent communication, not just to a person, but about a person. So what we're finding is that people are being harassed through somebody else or in, in a different way. So we're increasing or hoping to increase the maximum penalty again. This is to, to reflect the, the really serious harm that this can cause on people, the psychological damage that this can inflict on people. So there's a lot of elements to this bill that I, that I really hope will make a difference. But I think what people will be interested as well in knowing is that obviously without the support of the internet providers and, and where a lot of this content is found and where it's put up, then, you know, this is going to be very difficult. But there's an EU directive there. Based on that EU directive, platforms, you know, whatever uh, form they take, once they become aware of something that is illegal content, they are obliged to take it down. So by us now making this illegal content, they will be obliged to take it down. But also Catherine Martin bringing forward her legislation, which proposes an online safety commissioner. The commissioner would be able to make safety codes. They can then direct any of these internet providers 
to make changes to their systems and if they don't adhere to it, they will be fined. So there are a number of things that are happening in tandem and, and really, I mean, it's not acceptable. People might think it's funny, they might think it's, you know, a bit of a joke, a bit of a laugh, but this is not funny. If you have somebody who at the time consented, and again, this is a very important point oh, to make. it can ruin just lives. Because you, it, it, it can ruin lives, and, and we've seen how it, it, it literally has ruined lives where people have taken their lives because of this type of sharing of intimate images. But mm. it's important to say that just because you consent to an image being taken at the time, it does not mean that if it's passed on later without your consent, that you have still consented. So the legislation is very clear that even though you mm. may have consented to something at the time, if it's passed on to another person without your consent, then it becomes an offence. Okay. So it, it's long overdue. I, I do mm. accept that, but I, I really, uh, and I want to thank Brendan Howland because he has obviously done a huge amount of work on this. So Very the intention good. is that this mm-hmm. will come to um, the Justice Committee on the 1st of December. It will then go through that process. It will then come to the Dáil and it should be enacted by mm. the end of the and year. And should serve to protect everybody. OK, Minister, very good. Uh, thanks uh, for that. Now, if I could uh, turn uh, to the appointment of uh, Seamus Wolf uh, to the Supreme Court uh, last July, or more importantly, what happened uh, before that, uh, and uh, how you came to recommend uh, Mr. Wolf to Cabinet for that post. Can you uh, tell us, Minister, how many names you actually considered for the post? Well, what I will say is that there is a clear process um, and that I considered all of the names that came before me. So how, ma- how many names, have, though, Minister? Well, there were a number of names that came before me. But so can you tell I us mean, how many names, Minister? There were a number of names that came before me, and I don't think it's... I suppose at this stage, it's fair for me to get into the details. Well, we hear Mr. Wolf and three sitting judges. Uh, it, it, were there more than that? There were a number of names that came before me. Can you tell so me, Minister, it, why is it that you don't want to say how many names came before you? Because as far as I'm aware, this is, and as far as I'm concerned, this is, uh, I suppose this is a process. This is something um, that as Minister for Justice, it is my role to look at all of the names that come before me in the same way that it is my role when there are uh, names that come before me for the Minister or for the uh, for the District Court, for the Circuit Court, for the Court of Appeal or any other court. Mm. And in different instances, there are different numbers of names that come before me. So what I will say is that I looked at every single name that came before me. But all you um, will say in relation names, to the number is that there were a number. There was more than one name and you selected one person. Can there, was you, more than, there was absolutely more than one name and I'm saying that, but there mm. were a number of names. And yes, you're, you're, you're not saying if the number was four and you're not saying if it was more than four. What I'm saying is there mm, were, were a number, a number of names mm, okay. and I looked at all, and it's important for people to know that I didn't exclude names. I looked okay. at every single name that came before me. But Minister, the names if I can were already move... there before I became Minister for Justice. So okay. These names would have been put forward through the Judicial Appointments Advisory Board. Okay, Minister, and also uh, we, we, we learned very little from that first question. Uh, if I can move to the second question, but uh, I suppose you did confirm that there was more than one name. You selected just one name from that list uh, and uh, recommended that Mr. Wolf be appointed. Why not two names, given that there were two vacancies? Well, again, it was brought to my attention that one position needed to be filled at the time. So I was not asked to fill two. If I had been asked to fill two, then that's something that I would have done. But when I became minister at the end of June, I would have very quickly, and in the first day I went into the department, I would have gotten a lot of briefings and documents. And one of those was, I suppose, to highlight to me that there were vacancies and that I was being asked to fill one of those. Now, what had already happened at this stage back in the early spring was that this 
vacancy had been brought to the attention of Minister Charlie Flanagan, who was Minister for Justice at the time. He had started the process at that stage, so he had written to the Judicial Appointments Advisory Board. There were expressions of interest that then came in after that. However, and I think people would understand, given the fact that there was an election, mm. COVID happened, we had an interim government, okay. that process was not progressed. But what, 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 is, what, what is that process? You say it was brought to your attention and uh, to the attention uh, of your predecessor. Who is it that brings it to the attention of uh, the Minister? Minister, is that the role of the AG? No, so my department informed me of it um, within a matter of days, having been appointed. But what would have happened before that is that you have the Judicial Appointments Advisory Board list mm. that is generally asked of by the Minister of the time. So okay. there so, have been so, six instances in which there have been vacancies since okay. I was Minister. One of them there had already been, or a number perhaps, there had already been ju- Judicial Appointments. Mm, but I, I really, list, really want to try I and get a, a, an understanding, as I'm sure so many people do, uh, of what happened here. Your officials said that there was two vacancies on the Supreme Court uh, and there was a pressing need to fill uh, fill one of those vacancies. Uh, Did you ask them why there wasn't a pressing need to fill the second vacancy or if the two shouldn't have been tackled at the same time? Well, I I was asked to fill one and my own view at that time was that filling one, if that was what they had asked for, was appropriate. By your officials? Well, no, the requests had come in from the Chief Justice. So, I mean, the Chief Justice had informed the then Minister back in... That it was urgent to fill one of the two vacancies. Well, again, that I was asked to fill one of them at the time, and I'm assuming that Minister Flanagan was asked to fill one of them at the time. So my intention was to fill one of them. But you knew there there was no doubt in your mind, Minister, that there were two vacancies. Absolutely. And there are still there, there is still a vacancy there. And this is something that I have to look up. And you had a number of candidates I- in front of you. Uh, can I ask you again the same question? Why is it you recommended one name and not two names when there were two vacancies? So I was asked to fill one vacancy. So I was asked to put forward a name for one vacancy. And the reason that one name was put forward is that when you are putting forward a name for a vacancy to Cabinet, you only put forward one um, I, there is still a vacancy and that vacancy has to be filled. However, I have not been asked, nor has there been a request to fill the second vacancy yet, but I do think it needs to be filled. There are often vacancies within the course uh, or the various different courts, but there were two vacancies. I was asked to fill one. But you had uh, expressions constant. of interest five months ago and that position remains vacant. Does that not seem odd to you, Minister? Well, again, you often have vacancies within the court and depending on whether or not you're asked to fill them. So I was asked to fill one vacancy. All I can say is that there were two. I was asked to fill one. I was conscious that this request to fill one of them had been in since back in March or April. And you didn't ask, should I not fill the two? I was asked, could I fill one of them? No, but you, you in, did you ask, should I fill the second one? I, I'm, I'm sure a question arose as to whether or not it was something that needed to be done. Oh, well, then there must have been a response. Um, so why, why was it decided not to fill the second one? So I was asked to fill one vacancy. Yes, and you said you, you, you asked why not fill the second one. So, so what was the response to that? Why, why is it not necessary to fill the second post? So what I'm saying is that I probably at the time inquired about the fact that there were two vacancies. I did not officially inquire because I was only asked, again, the request to fill one vacancy. Mm. So I have filled one vacancy. There is another vacancy there. I have not been asked yet 
to fill that other vacancy. If I am asked to fill it, I will, uh, in the same way that a request has come in recently to fill a vacancy in another court, that is when you fill the vacancy. But I was asked to fill one vacancy. I was informed uh, that this process had already started, that there had been a Judicial Appointments Advisory Mm. Board committee that had met, that had recommended a name, that there were other interested parties. Based on that information that I had, I made a recommendation. So I was asked to fill one position. I looked at the interested lists. I looked at the recommendation from JAB. It is an independent body, which is chaired by the Chief Justice himself, the President of the Courts, members of the Law Society, the Bar Council. Based on the names that I had before me, I then made a recommendation to the Taoiseach, to the Taunister, to Minister Ryan, to the Attorney General, none of whom um, had any problems with. There was a collective decision here. All of the leaders agreed with me that Seamus Wolf was the best person and then that name was brought to Cabinet. So there's a very clear process. Okay, I'd like to go back over that last part of it, Minister, if you don't mind. Uh, But uh, just to be clear, as far as you were concerned, the job uh, was to fill one vacancy. There was just one vacancy that needed filling. Uh, And as a result of that, you selected one of the names from the number of people uh, who had come onto the list that you were considering. That was Seamus Wolfe. And before you brought that name of Seamus Wolfe to Cabinet, uh, what consultation happened? So, I mean, it's important to say, and there seems to be an indication there that in terms of appointing uh, judiciary, that it is incumbent on me to engage and to go through all of this directly with the Minister for Finance, with any other party leader, the Taoiseach Taunashta and the AG. What it very clearly says is that when you are appointing a judge, all of these persons that I've just outlined should be informed in advance of a proposal. Now, obviously, that's not just what happens. You don't just, and I don't, and the previous Ministers for Justice don't just tell the Taoiseach and Taunashta that I'm bringing somebody without actually engaging with them and seeking approval. It is my role and it is my job, I suppose, as Minister for Justice to look at the recommended names, to make a recommendation to the Taoiseach and Taunashta and others, in this instance, Minister Ryan and the AG. In this instance, I did just that. I made that recommendation. There were no objections to the recommendation that was made. There was a collective approval, so to speak, of the recommendation and the name that was put forward. And only on that basis and in the six appointments that have been made to everything from the District Court, Supreme High Court, Court of Appeal and the the the, um, the the Supreme Court, sorry, since I became Minister for Justice, there have been variations of conversations that have happened um, with all of the people that I've just outlined. Was there a formal no, meeting? At that no it... stage have I ever put forward a name that hasn't had full approval from all of the persons that I've just said. Was there a formal meeting that was attended by yourself, Minister, the Taoiseach, the Taunashta, the Eamon Ryan as the leader of the Green Party in government, the Minister for Finance and the Attorney General? No, there isn't. Was that a, a breach then of the Cabinet Handbook? No, no, it's not. And, and I, I, I need to be very clear. What the Cabinet Handbook says is that the Taoiseach, the Taunashta, any other party leader and the AG should be informed um, in advance yeah. of a proposal to make such an appointment. So yeah. they, they should be informed in advance. And I, of course, did more than just inform them. I informed them of the recommendation that I had made. I sought their approval because I would never bring a name to Cabinet for a judge 
without their approval, but also if if they had concerns, if they had questions, if they had anything else that they wanted to engage on. So, you know, I I think what we'd all agree, and I think everybody agrees this, is that the process itself needs to be updated. Mm. We have a system where different people come through different formats, where, you know, some come through the AG to my office, others come directly from the Judicial Appointments Advisory Board. You have quite a large board that recommends you have, you have a process that needs to be updated. And I will be bringing probably in the next few weeks um, the heads of a new piece of legislation for judicial appointments. So I okay. think we all agree that this is something that needs to be updated. But I have I have in no way, and I want to be mm. very clear on this, I have not worked uh, or, or gone against the handbook. I've not, you know, okay. it, it, it gone a process that I shouldn't have. I've adhered at okay. every stage. Others are obviously interpreting. Others are obviously interpreting that passage uh, from the handbook differently to you, Minister. But uh, just to conclude, uh, can we ask you uh, about the names uh, that you said that you uh, considered Seamus Wolf and a number of others? Uh, did Michal Martin know? that there were a number of candidates, uh, other people uh, who could be considered other than Seamus Wolfe? So there are always, and, and I would say this, apart from the district court, where you generally don't have expressions of interest from other judges, say the circuit to go down to the district, you will always have, mostly and not always, but you will have expressions of interest from other judges that don't come through the Judicial Appointments Advisory Board. That has always been the case. What I did was make a recommendation based on looking at all of those names. Mm. But did Michal Martin have those names or was he aware that there were other people? So again, he has said very clearly uh, that he didn't have those names. But what he has also said is that he was very happy with the recommendations that I made. Did Eamon Ryan Ryan have those names, Minister, or was he aware that there were other candidates? So again, Eamon Ryan has said that he did not have those names, but it has always been the case that there are other expressions of interest okay. and that there would be for anything other than the district court, okay. but not always. But neither of those men knew the, the leader of the Green Party, uh, one of the three parties in government, and the Taoiseach didn't know. Uh, what about your own party leader, the Taunashta, Leo Radker? Did he have those names? Or was he aware that there were other candidates? So he has said himself that he was aware that there were other names because, again, this is the practice. And as former Taoiseach, he would be aware that there were there would be other names or potentially would be other names. But again, this is not that I have withheld names from anybody. It's my role and it's my job as Minister for Justice to make recommendations, having looked at all of these names. And did you run it by him? Did you run it by him when you looked at the names and, uh, and uh, called Mr Radger and ask if he agreed with the name that you were selecting from the list? So again, just to repeat, the Taoiseach Tanishta who is Leo Vradker, Minister Ryan and the AG, all would have received phone calls from me, all of whom would have been asked, I'm making a recommendation, mm. Seamus Wolf. I believe that he is the best person for the job. All four but you, you, you've, explained, you've, you've explained that, Minister, but you've also explained that the information uh, that Tanja had was different than uh, the other two party leaders and that he was aware of uh, the people uh, who had expressed a, an interest in this position. Uh, so did you... No, that's not what he said. What he has said is that he was aware there were other names. He okay. said he didn't know who the names were. And again, this, this is... And you never discussed those other names with him or whether Seamus Wolfe was more suitable or should be the one who was recommended or anything like that with the Tanja. So what I have done with all four of these people is made a recommendation and all four have collectively agreed with me. So 
the Taoiseach, the Taunashe, Minister Ryan and the AG. The AG would have, of course, been aware because the list comes through his office. The others have said that they weren't aware, but, I mean, this has been the case for a number of years, that there is generally expressions of interest that come in as well. What I gave them was my opinion, my view, that this is the best person for the job. And what I would say is that mm. in the last six appointments, and there have been six separate appointments, everything has been said from the district to the Supreme Court, there have been variations of different conversations with all four of the people that I've outlined. And I'm not getting into mm. the, the detail as to, you know... And I hope I didn't ask you. I hope I didn't ask you about the merits uh, of any of the candidates no, uh, for that. No, you haven't. Okay. But I mean, it, you know, it, it's fair to say that there will be different conversations mm. depending on, you know, a name that I recommend, depending on the type of court, depending on who I'm talking to. That is a given. But, it's, you know, it's not for me to get into conversations that I think are confidential when you are putting forward a recommendation. And I think that would be the same for any type of job, not just for the judiciary, but I think people will understand, particularly in this instance where we're talking about a now sitting Supreme Court judge. And unfortunately, what we saw most of last week in terms of opposition questioning was the request to get into the merits and demerits of individuals, the type of criteria that was applied or wasn't applied. And I think, you know, given the fact that we have potentially a motion coming before uh, the doll this week to start a process of impeachment uh, against an individual, I think we have to be very careful. I'm very happy to outline the process. As I've said to you this morning, I have stuck rigidly to the process. The handbook is very clear. I have adhered to it. The, the practice in itself is that I would never, as Minister for Justice, bring forward a name without the full approval of all three leaders and the AG. And in this instance, this is no different. But I mean, the, the overall appointment process needs to be updated. And that's why in the coming weeks, I myself will be bringing forward legislation to start that process, to update okay. it. Uh, and, and, you know, to, to try and, as I've said, update it, because I think everybody agrees that that needs to happen. OK, Minister, thank you very much uh, indeed uh, for joining us, as always. Uh, that's uh, the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee. Michael at lmfm.ie Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.